Hey everybody, I want to welcome all of our locations, our west, east, and prison locations. I also want to welcome all those listening online. I'm so glad that you guys are here. And my name is Todd Lynch, and I am the east location pastor. I am excited to give this message. I am so pumped for it, because Pastor David asked me a while ago, hey, I'd love for you to kind of do your own series. And I was like, okay, awesome. And so I started processing this with God, and being like, God, what do you want me to talk about? And he started pressing this on me. So here's what this series is about. It is all about how to get the right direction in your life so that we can see the right destinations. Because all of us want to experience certain things. We'd love to experience having healthy relationships, being able to experience having that you know, financial freedom, even success and career. We all want those destinations, but it's a matter of how do we get there and navigating life and going through that, because part of the reason this series is going to come out, I know I've been wrestling through a lot of things, you know, getting past, you know, the 20s and now kind of getting into full parenting mode. I, I'm learning a lot of like, okay, make this decision not helpful, make this decision a little bit better. So I'm starting to walk all those things out, and I know I've had many conversations too, just my role as uh, being a location pastor, many times where I'm sitting in a room with somebody, and they're sitting there going, how did I get here? Why, why is my life so messed up, or how am I stuck in this spot? I had this all planned, I had all these things going, and now I'm here, and, and I don't get it. I was even talking to my wife about this series, and she says, you know what it kind of reminds me of? It reminds me about like being in a maze. And I don't know about you, but I feel that. Like sometimes life feels like a maze. You've got to make the right decisions, right or left, and then sometimes you think you're making the right decisions, but then you find out you're stuck or you're completely in the wrong area, whatever the case may be. So to kind of help us get into the feeling of this series, I would say that, um, I have a story for you, um, a video actually, of someone who got lost, a family that got lost in a corn maze. Yeah, just let that sit in. They got so lost, they had to call 911. Watch this video. The twists and turns of a corn maze turned from fun to frightening for one family in Massachusetts. A couple and their two young kids kept running into dead end after dead end. So they called 911. 911, the you put it with the address of your emergency. Hi, I just called. I'm still stuck at Cornish Farms. Okay. I, I don't see anybody. I'm really scared. It's really dark, and we got a three-week-old baby with us. The call went out just as the maze closed. First I know about it is that Justin from the Danvers Police Department arrives in his cruiser and says, Rich, you got someone lost in the maze. You know, we had just closed the doors. We weren't even, we're not even looking out of the parking lot yet. After about 10 minutes, an officer and his canine found the family 25 feet from the exit. You're going to be okay, all right? Thank you so much. Well, welcome, all right? Never again. We thought this would be fun. Instead, <laughs> it's a nightmare. A nightmare for one family. Others at the maze are not sure if it took a 911 call. You can just kind of listen to the cars and you can kind of find your way yeah, back over this way. I don't understand why they didn't do that. If you just look at the tree line, 
and you listen for the cars going by or even look for the, the uh, wires going around, you can't get lost. So, yeah, that was hard to believe. Tips for surviving the next trip through a seven-acre corn maze. Lee Powell, The Associated Press. <laughs> um, so many things to talk about in that. Um, I'm thinking of this, like I love the people at the end, like you could just what, listen to the cars, tree lines, power lines, anything really. My other thought is like, it's corn. Like, <laughs> like I know corn can come across like a big wall, but you can break it. Like you can, and they were 25 feet from the exit, like so close. <laughs> I mean, her words, what we thought was going to be fun turned into a nightmare. Like, oh my. <laughs> and so, now, we could all laugh about that and we're going, this is ridiculous. Like, what is going on? But if we're honest, I guarantee you some of us have probably had a moment like that. Maybe not caught in a corn maze, but we're lost in life. And everybody around us is going, what are you doing? Like, if you just go this way or, or turn around or, like, why are you doing that. I, I, I mean, I know I've had those moments where I thought my way was the best way and everybody else was wrong. And then you get to your stuck moment and you're like, maybe, okay, maybe I was wrong. And so I look at this and, and, and I go, man, life can be so confusing and it's really, really hard when we get lost. Because here's the one thing about being lost. Being lost leads to insecurity. I mean, think about those moments where you've gotten lost. Fear starts to take over. All those things. And even when you're lost in life, you're confused and like, okay, why, why is my career not working out? Why am I? And you start doubting yourself. You start doubting a lot of things. And all the insecurities start to creep in. And then here becomes, if it stays for a long time, you start to believe the insecurities are true. And so... I look at this and I go, man, we have to be very careful about the directions that we're going in life. So how do we be intentional? How do we do this? And so there's a principle that I want you to understand. This principle is very simple. It's called the principle of the path. It was a book that I read last year, and it has just kind of changed my idea of how to make good decisions in life. And so the principle is simply this. Direction determines destination. Direction determines destination. So let me clarify. It's your direction, not good intentions, not hopes, not dreams, that determines your destination. So to kind of give you a story with this, um, <laughs> I'm actually very embarrassed to tell you about, but I'm going to do it anyways. It's a moment about when I got lost. I am not the best uh, directionally. I'm a little bit more of a landmark person. Now, my wife is the complete opposite. And she can figure out wherever we are, wherever we are, anytime. And it drives me nuts sometimes. So there is this moment where I am having, it was during Love Week, and um, I'm, I'm leaving the church and going, I got to drop something off at the Hart Ranch campground. I was like, I got a general idea of where that is because I've lived here long enough to kind of know. And, and so I'm like, okay, I've got this, figure it out. So I'm driving what should be 10 or 15 minutes, okay? I'm going to do this and then go pick up the kids. That was the plan. So I get going here. I'll show you the map, kind of what happened. It, it got that intense. Um, so Highway 16 right here. I am driving down this, and what I thought was the campground right here, not the right one. So now my landmarks are all messed up, okay? 
So I go left here, and I'm going down, and this intersection is the key part to this whole deal. Because right here, there's a sign that says, Heart Ranch Golf Course. I said, I don't want to go to the golf course. I want to go to the campground. So that's not where I want to go. So instead of going left, I went straight. And in that moment, I don't know if, in that moment, I'm going straight and I'm thinking, I've made the right decision. It's always true. You don't know you're getting lost when you're getting lost. Deep, I know. But think about that. Like, I am going straight and I'm thinking, I've got it right, but I have totally messed it up. And it wasn't until like 15 minutes later that I'm going, man, I should be at the place by now. Like, what, what is happening? And, and so I'm trying to, I pull over, I try to get on my phone. Of course, my phone's not working. I was like, this is awesome. I'm lost. Um, so then I keep driving for another five or ten minutes, and now we're hitting on that 25-minute mark, and I'm like, I, I'm starting to get, I'm a little freaked out. I'm also getting very frustrated um, with everything. And so I'm calling my wife, Tina, and saying, Tina, I don't know where I am. I don't know if I'm going to be able to pick up the kids in time. And she's like, what are you talking about? Like, where are you? And I'm trying to tell her, I have no idea, because um, it's just like, I don't know, grass, streets, uh, on occasion, because I'm out in the middle of nowhere right now. Eventually, I come across something that is like, oh, this way, to, and I see it, and I'm like, Rockerville? Are you kidding me? And so I get off, and I get into Rockerville, and then I realize I have to drive all the way back down 16, go into the same intersection I had, go left, and if I would have went left, I would have saved myself a ton of time because it was only five or ten minutes down the road. So what should have been 15 turned into 45 minutes and very frustrated and feeling really stupid. And so I look at that and I go, here's the whole principle. No matter if I had all the right intentions, all the right dreams to get to that spot, if I don't turn left there, I'm going in the wrong direction. Give you another example. It'd be like me saying, I'm going to go to California and I'm going to get on I-90 and I'm going to head east. And you all look at me and go, you're not going to get there, no matter how hard you try. Now, some of you might be like, well, you might get all the way around the world. No, no, no. Okay, stop. If you go I-90 East, you're not going to get to California. So we understand this principle when it comes to directions and comes to driving. But there seems to be a huge disconnect when we talk about it with life because the principle still remains true. I mean, even uh, give you an example. Like, let's say I want to be a great parent, but then I make the decision to value my work and, and put all the time into that and never make time for my kids. Like, I may think that's a good decision and the right decision, but that's not going to get me to the destination that I want. Another example, like, if I want to have a marriage that God blesses and honors, but then I decide to go and live with my boyfriend or girlfriend, well, see, that's a decision that that's going to be hard to get to that destination. And see, that's where I look at this and I'm going, man, I've had many of these moments, I think all of us in here, where there seems to be a disconnect when it comes to this principle. To where we go, okay, I can make this decision and this go down this path, but it's the wrong direction, but yet we think we can still get to the destination we want. And so I started, like, okay, why, why is there this big disconnect? Like, what's going on? Because here's, here's the truth you need to know. God promises something, and I want you to hear it. God promises to give us the directions we need to lead us to the right destinations. 
He promises this. He says, I can be your guide through life. I could show you the roads to take. And this is not just me saying it. Philippians 1.6, listen to this. And I am certain that God, who began the good work within you, will continue his work until it is finally finished on the day when Christ Jesus returns. Pointing out, I have this whole plan for you. I have this whole work that I'm going to do in your life. I'm going to tell you the directions to take so you can get to the destinations that you want. Because God knows the destinations. Some of the simple things, but the really good things. Being financially free. Being relationship just healthy-wise. And and all these different things that we want in our lives. And God's going, I can work that for you. I could show you this. And Jesus even talked about it when he was here on earth. Listen to this in Matthew chapter 7. You can enter God's kingdom only through the narrow gate. The highway to hell is broad, and its gate is wider, and its gate is wide for the many who choose that way. But the gateway to life is very narrow, and the road is difficult, and only a few ever find it. I think, I don't think, God is revealing a truth to us, a big truth. There is this huge highway, this path, that many of us have probably taken to where we do life the way we want to do life. And he's like, that, that, that's huge. A lot of people take that and try to get to the destinations that they want to get to. But there is this narrow path that I've designed that if they take this path, they will be able to experience life and experience to the full. But it's not going to be the easy path. It's not going to be the one that's got all the shortcuts. It's going to take a lot of work. And so God has promised this. He's just showing this, walking this out with us. And so I still go, okay, what is the disconnect for us? Why is it that we know that there's this narrow path, but yet we usually don't take it if we're honest? We kind of do what we want to do. And so I've been kind of wrestling through that wondering, and it led me to what I want to share with you today. And it's a story in the Bible from a guy named Solomon. And he wrote a big book in the Bible called Proverbs. It's all about wisdom and and how to be wise with the decisions that you're making. Because here's the interesting fact about him. He was the wisest person that ever lived. Wisest person that ever lived. And so as you read his story, though, you also notice even though he was the wisest person, he had some downfalls. And one of his biggest was relationship with women. He struggled in that area big time. And so there comes a story that he's older now, and he's a father. He's looking down at his sons, and he wants to share this story with him and be like, I want you to learn from my mistakes, my regrets. I want to share this story with you. So in Proverbs 7, he starts sharing this story. And it is just a, I hope you'll begin to see how it even connects today, because he's trying to teach his son, like, hey, I want you to learn this valuable lesson in this regard to relationships. So what I'm going to do is I'm actually going to kind of, we're going to pretend like it's story time with Todd. I'm going to share parts of the story with you because I think the way it's written, uh, how they did it, uh, how Solomon wrote it is so well done. And and I'll give my commentary along the way and and then we'll kind of stop at points and and I'll kind of walk through just some big things that we need to realize. So in verse 6, here's where it starts. While I, and this is Solomon talking, while I was at the window of my house looking through the curtain, I saw some naive young men, and one in particular, who lacked common sense. Now, some of us who are a little bit older are probably going, yeah, I've seen that before. Yeah, that happens. 
look out the window and be like, what are they doing? You know, that kind of, that's the moment that's happening right now. He was crossing the street near the house of an immoral woman, strolling down the path by her house. Now, it was at twilight in the evening as deep darkness fell. Now, this is the point to where all the parents in the room were like, see, this proves my point. Anything after midnight is never good. Nothing. So the woman approached him, seductively dressed in sly of heart. She was brash, rebellious type, never content to stay at home. These are not compliments, okay? She is often in the streets and markets, soliciting at every corner. She threw her arms around him and kissed him, and with a brazen look, she said, now I want you to catch this verse, verses 14 and 15. Take a look at this. I have just made my peace offerings and fulfilled my vows. You're the one I was looking for. I came out to find you, and here you are. Now, this young guy is probably like, me? Oh, man. I knew it was kind of a big deal, but I'm glad you finally noticed. Like, this is, he is just thinking he's reached celebrity status. Now, some of you in the room, you may be going, what does that mean? I've just made my peace offerings and fulfilled my vows. Here is what she's saying. She is saying, hey, I just went to the temple, or in our days, I just went to the church, and I have made my sacrifices before God. I've confessed all my sins, making everything right with God, and I have fulfilled my vows now. Pretty much, I have emptied my sin bucket, and now I'm ready to fill it with you. <laughs> yeah. And this guy was just like, oh, okay. Like, just oblivious to what's happening right now. Because... Um, I mean, if we remember some of the times when we were young and how stupid things, things we did, like, yeah, it happens. And so here's the main thing I want you to realize, though. See, the wrong destination is always more appealing than the right destination. The wrong destination is always more appealing than the right destination. I mean, you look at this story. This guy has got a huge temptation in front of him. And let's be honest, it's tempting. Very tempting. More than doing the right thing and being like, uh, no, not going to happen. Like, what are you doing? And, and if you think about this in life, yeah, it's a lot more appealing to have the party life. It's a lot more appealing to spend than save. It's a lot more appealing to maybe hire parents instead of being parents. Like, I've thought through that. That'd be great. But it, it's, you look at this and you go, yeah, that, that totally makes sense. And, and you look at our world, our culture, I mean, the marketing, it is all geared towards this. That wrong destination, do what you want in the moment that feels right, playing on our hearts and our emotions. And so the story keeps going, and she keeps sweetening the deal, like just making it even better. So listen to this. The bed is sp my bed is spread with beautiful blankets with colored sheets of Egyptian linen. Now, that implies... I've got some money, and that young man's probably like, you've got Egyptian linens? I've never had those, but like, I wonder what it'd be like to sleep on those. Like, that would be awesome. And then it keeps, I perfume my bed with myrrh, aloes, and cinnamon. Come, let's drink our fill of love until morning. Let's enjoy each other's caress. And this guy's probably like, yeah. Because this next part should have been a red flag. For my husband is not home. Like, what? what? Hold on. Time out. But this guy's like, wait, you still have Egyptian linens? <laughs> like, that is so cool. Um, and then it keeps going. He's away on a long trip. 
He's taken a wallet full of money with him and won't return later, and won't return until later this month. So not only is she saying, hey, we can do this like one night deal, it is also, hey, you could stay for the night. Actually, two or three nights if you want to. Making this thing, like this guy's going, so I can get away with this. I can get what I want and no consequences. Now, all of us in the room are going, stop, don't do it, don't, don't do it. Now, this next part, verse 21, so she seduced him with pretty speech and enticed him with her flattery. And this is where Solomon totally changes the story. Catch this in verse 22. He followed her at once like an ox going to the slaughter. I'll keep reading. He was like a stag caught in a trap, awaiting the arrow that would pierce its heart. He was like a bird flying into a snare, little knowing it would cost him his life. Like, oh, like we just had a sudden change here. Now, I wish I could have been there when he was sharing this story with his sons. Because his sons are probably thinking like, oh, man. Like, he's, he's going in with her. Like, Dad, like, what's, what's going to happen? Like, are they, you know. And he goes, like an ox to the slaughter. And they're like, what? Where is this coming from? I don't, I don't get this. This doesn't make any sense. And his whole point is like, you see, his decision led him down a direction that's not going to be good. Direction that he's going to regret. And he's going to look at this and go, why did I do this? How did I get here? Making it point to his young sons because he's like, I've been there. I've fallen into the trap, I've been part of the snare, and I've got scars and wounds because of it. See, our decision guides our direction. Our decision guides our direction. I mean, you think about this. When you make decisions, you're setting your life towards a certain path, certain road that you're following. Uh, to give you even more examples of this, think of it this way. It's like a single woman saying, I want to meet and one day marry a great Christian guy who really got his act together. But then she dates whoever asks her out, as long as he's cute. It's a single guy saying, I want a great sex life once I'm married, but he practices with every girl he dates along the way. It's a wife that says, I want a great relationship with my husband, but she makes the children a priority over him. A husband saying, I want my daughters to respect me as they grow up, but then openly flirts with other women. A couple says, we'd like our children to develop a personal relationship with God and, and choosing friends who do the same, but then they skip church every weekend and head to the lake. A young couple determined to be financially secure by the time they reach their parents' age, then adopt a lifestyle sustained by debt and leveraging assets. A Christian saying, I want God's blessings on my life, but then they live based on their opinions instead of obeying God. I put a lot of those examples in there because I go, that, that was me. To where I go, I want this godly destination or I want this certain thing, but then I make decisions that lead me to a direction that's never going to get there. And that's why I want us to recognize how important it is that our decisions guide our directions. The decisions that you make, please listen to me. Don't just go nonchalant going, oh, that's okay, that will be all right, because you may end up in a big heaping mess of regret. Solomon's story can tell us. This young man's story, we see it happening. It's like, dude, don't do it. What are you doing? Stop. But if 
You think about it, there's probably been times in your life where family members, people who you looked up to are trying to tell you, please don't do this. And the question you have to wrestle with is, did I listen to it? Or did I just go the direction I wanted to go, thinking I could still get to that destination? So that's where, for me, I got to this point, and I'm going, okay, God, how do we, man, how do we help ourselves make sure the decisions that we're making are the right ones? Or how do I stay on this course, this narrow path that you've designed for us? How do I do this? And Solomon gives some great wisdom in the midst of this because he kind of starts changing after the story gets done and he says this, so listen to me, my sons, and pay attention to my words. Don't let your hearts stray away toward her. Don't wander down her wayward path. Now, at this point, here's what I want you to do. Take out this story because some of you may not be able to connect with this, but put in your biggest temptation and let her represent that. Because all of us, if that temptation was that tempting, that just right in front of you, would you let your heart stray? Or would you keep it focused? Because I truly believe focusing your heart on the journey of the narrow path, that's what is key. Every day waking up and saying, God, help me to focus my heart on your path, your journey that you want me to go on. Because that's not easy. Man, there's going to be so many things that emotionally pull at you. And that highway will seem so tempting. Just like, God, but it seems so much easier. This would just be so much better. But God's going, trust me on this. You won't get to the destination that you want. And so that's why God teaches focus your heart on the journey of the narrow path. Because I, I know for me, I need to be reminded of this over and over and over again. And the amazing part is Colossians 2. Uh, I think this verse has kind of even settled in for me, but look at this in Colossians 2. And now, just as you accepted Christ Jesus as your Lord, you must continue to follow him. To me, I take that as taking that focusing your heart to following him. Let your roots grow down into him. Let your lives be built on him. Then your faith will grow strong in the truth you were taught, and you will overflow with thankfulness. This verse, I've read it, and I was like, man, if I were to look back and go through my teenage years, my college years, my 20s, and now getting into my 30s, that verse has reigned true. There's been so many moments when I was young and naive and and making senseless decisions, and I ended up with regret and ended up with this, but then I say, God, help me. God, I need your wisdom. I need you to walk this out. And there were some tough roads I had to walk through because the consequences were still part of it. But walking through this, now I've learned and I feel like I'm maturing to understand, okay, God, help me to learn how to stay focused on your narrow path. Now that I realize that it is the right path, the good path, the healthy path for my life, Because I'm learning more and more that I get to the destinations I want if I follow what God has for my life. It's amazing how those things can sometimes start to come together. And so that's what I want for you. And and I'm still working through this. And I want to give you guys just this ability to start wrestling with, okay, are my decisions leading to the right directions that get me to the destinations that I want to be at? Because I hope... I hope you'll hear this because 
I want to share something with you that's, uh, ever since this student shared it with me, it's, it's got a hold of my heart. So before I was doing the East Location Pastor thing, I was a student pastor, and I got to know a lot of the students who are in the student ministry right now. And this one kid, he came to me recently and was like, hey, can I talk to you? Now, no, the history between us is like, I, I've had to where he, he's gone through um, two suicides, uh, two friends of his committing suicide. He's had the typical teenage life too with dealing with fighting with his parents at times, um, having some big breakups in his life that in teenage world, it's like life shattering, like I'm never going to make it, you know, those kind of moments. And, and so I'm, I'm watching all this, and, and there was just these ups and downs uh, with him. And it, just to give you more, a little bit about his life, he was just uh, one of those kids that just wore his emotions on his sleeve, and you could just tell. If it was up, you could totally tell. If it was down, it was obvious. But the one thing I, I tried to coach him and show him, because he had his identity wrapped up in seeking after those destinations. So if he wanted that you know, perfect dating relationship. And he would go all in on it, and that would define who he is. And so when the breakup happened, it was awful. And you could see that in other places of his life. So I'm kind of helping and coaching. And so I'm getting to this point of meeting with him, and I'm kind of curious, like, man, I haven't talked to him in a while. I wonder where he's at. And he starts off kind of the conversation with this, hey, I got to tell you something. I was like, okay. He's like, hey, uh, like the other day, I was, I was just tired of life. I was done with it. I, I didn't want any part of it anymore. I was just done. So I got in my car, and I just drove. I was like, oh, okay. Like, I was thinking maybe he drove around Rapid City. No, he got on I-90 and made it all the way out to Murdo. And I was like, you went to Murdo? Oh. And so part of me is like, oh, man, if I ever did that, I'd be scared. But this, this kid's like, I went so far away. And the only reason he got stopped is because the police officer pulled him over. And the police officer pulled him over because like, he was speeding. And he's like, son, what are you doing? And um, eventually he asked him to come back into his car. And he kept asking questions. And eventually the student was willing to share kind of what was going on. And the officer says, hey, man, you, you need to go back home. And, and I want you to give, you, give me your mom's phone number. And I will call her and make sure you get home. And so he, he listened and he said the whole ride back. He's like, I took a little detours around the way. I was like, why didn't you just listen to the officer? Um, but, he took the, but I think most of us in his shoes, you can understand why. He's sitting there on the way back going, what am I doing with my life? How did it get here? Why is it all messed up? Why can I not find any satisfaction? Why does everything seem to be falling apart? And so he got back into town, and he decided, you know what, I'll, I'm going to get some counseling. And when I heard that, I was like, man, I'm, I'm like proud of you for that. That's awesome. And he was sharing me kind of what his counselor was teaching him, and I, what he shared hit me hard because I was like, man, that is so good and so true. Because his counselor was talking about how there are destinations in our lives that we want so badly. We want to reach them. And so we look at it as like either we're, we're jumping after them or we're trying to sprint as hard as we can to chase them down. And we think we can do it by ourselves. We're like, I can do this. I, may, I will put all the effort. I will do everything I can to reach this destination. And then the reality starts to set in. You've tried many times. You've jumped as high as you can. You've sprinted as hard as you can, but yet you can't reach it. And then what you start to feel with being lost, those insecurities start to set in. And you go, I don't know what to do. 
I, I had this plan, but it's not working. I can't get there. And you feel like life is falling apart. <laughs> and the student looked at the counselor and was like, that's it. How did you know? Like, that's it. And the counselor's like, well, let me show you kind of what else is going on. There's actually been a path to get there the whole time. Jesus Christ paved this way for you to be able to reach the destinations that you're talking about. Now, I guarantee you, it won't be an easy journey because he'll want to wrestle with the baggage in your life because he doesn't want you to get to that destination and still feel empty. He wants you to get that destination and be like, wow, God, I never thought I could make this and I never thought it could be this good. And so he's pointing out Jesus has paid the way and so you see this student as he's telling me this, he's like, and now I see that. I was so proud of him because you could see this maturity starting to happen in him. And you could see this weight that was, had been weighing him down for so many years be lifted because he's going, God's got me. He's going to show me how to take these paths. He's going to show me the directions I need to take. And I've got this peace now of God's going to lead me and I'm going to be okay. And I was like, man, I remember that moment. I remember how significant it was to really say, God, you have my life because I've been trying to do it my own way and it's not going well. And so church, I hope that story gives you a picture of what God's been doing this whole time. He never expected us to figure out life on our own. He says, I got you. I can show you the directions. I can get you to those destinations because they're good. I want you to have healthy relationships. I want you to experience financial freedom and being able to bless people with your generosity. I want you to be able to have success in your career. I want you to be able to be a parent that you're just so proud of and all those things that God is working through. He's like, I want to show you this, but you've got to be willing to go on this path with me. And I'll never leave you and I'll walk it out with you. So then the question becomes is, are you willing to do it? is are you willing to take God's narrow path? Are you willing to put the highway aside and say, this is the path I'm going to take because I need it. I can't get there by myself. Because I hope that this starts to give some hope for some of you because some of you are going, man, my life is so screwed up. I've made so many poor decisions and I don't know if God can bring me out and God's saying, no, 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 I can't. It's going to be a tough road, but we can get there. And you can experience some of those destinations that you've dreamed about. See, that's the beautiful part to me about God, is he loved us so much to be willing to walk this out with us. And so here's what I want to do. I want to give you some time to simply ask God some questions. Ask him, God, why am I here? How did I get here? And maybe even the challenging question, God, am I on your path? Am I doing what you want me to do? And so I want to give you that time, so go ahead, close your eyes, bow your heads, and simply talk with God. Wrestle with some of these questions we've talked about. Ask yourself, okay, are my decisions getting in the dire- going towards the directions that I want to go? Are they taking me towards that destination? Am I leaning on God for all of that? Or even talking about, has that weight been lifted to where you feel like you don't have to do it all by yourself? So I'll give you this time. Go ahead and talk with God.
with your eyes still closed and your head still bowed, I want to give those who may be struggling with, man, I've been doing my life my own way the whole time. I didn't know God had a plan for me, but I want that. I want somebody to walk this out with me. I want them to show me the paths to take, the direction in life. And if that's you, I simply want you to repeat this prayer after me. Say, dear God, I'm sorry. Please forgive me. I've been going my own way for way too long. God, I need your help. And God, I give you my life. I give you control. May you lead me from this point on. And God, I pray for the rest of us in here and those who would just prayed that prayer. God, we all recognize how important it is that we focus our heart on a regular basis towards your journey. And Lord, I pray that we'd be willing to take those steps and maybe some people even need to be willing to trust you and say, God, I believe that your plan is better than mine. And so God, I pray that you would help us as we navigate life, as we go through our lives, may we learn that our direction is how we get to destinations and our direction is determined by the decisions that we make. So may we take every decision and hold it very important to us. May we learn to let you lead our lives. So God, thank you so much for loving us. Thank you so much for giving us this option, this opportunity to truly experience life to the full. So God, we love you. We thank you. Amen.